0: right now all right so let's stand on our feet for the reading of the word how many of you are excited for part three of better together yeah oh man um I'm just gonna read something we're gonna jump in Man, I've got I've got my Bible. This is a physical Bible. This is called a Bible. You can get this on your cell phone. And listen, somebody was telling me a couple weeks ago that they got in trouble because they came with a friend and they were taking notes on their, on their phone and their friend looked at them and they said, put your phone away. And so it's okay to use the Bible on your phone. It's okay to take notes on your phone during this time in our service, but we are a church that loves the Bible. We love to dig deeper in the word. And so let me read this to you right now. This is first Kings chapter two, and you've got it on the screen as well says this when David's time to die approached he charged his son Solomon saying I'm about to go the way of all the earth but you be strong show what you're made of do what God tells you walk in the path that he shows you follow the life map absolutely keep an eye out for the signposts his course for life set out in the revelation of Moses then you'll go on well in whatever you do and wherever you go. Oh, man, it's time. The, the title of this message is Keep Your Opinion or Keep Your Opportunity. Why don't you take a look at the person next to you and say, well, here we go and take your seat. <laughs> While you're seated, maybe look at the other person and say, no, it's really going down. <laughs> it's okay to talk back to me during this service. You can say things like, Come on. You want to try it? Come on. Come on. You can say things like, Here's our favor, and this thing is spreading like all over. You guys already know, don't you? Well, <laughs> well is an old charismatic way of saying, uh, that might not be for me, but for my wife next to me, she really needed to hear that. Well, and you go, Well, and you got it for you wanna try it? Well. And here's a real religious one that you hear all the time hallelujah (laughs) and of course we've got the TD Jake's amen amen (laughs) you want to try it Amen. amen so it's okay to engage it's okay to talk back we're building culture here maybe at your church if you would have said any one of those six phrases you'd have been handcuffed and carried out and some of you are thinking yes that is true but here it's okay to talk back to me and and I want to just say this because we're getting started here I tried so hard to be this tame ultra conservative white boy preacher (laughs) and and I can't do it I sweat so bad whether I wear a t-shirt whether I wear a full suit or a snowsuit, I'm going to sweat the same. And so I actually had somebody finally come to me and intervene. And for those of you listening to the podcast right now, I've got this white towel. And they said, Pastor Mike, listen, you sweat so horribly the whole time that you speak. And I just, I need you to be able to take care of it. And, and then they even took it a step further because they're like, we're going to serve you. I will take it home and wash it and bring it back every Sunday. <laughs> I tried so hard not to be that preacher who needs a sweat cloth, but by God, I've got something burning in my hairy Italian chest, <laughs> and it's a message for you from God, and I get a little sweaty because I um, I get excited, maybe a little nervous because you probably won't believe this, but I'm actually an introvert who God is forcing to do this thing, and I push through it every single week because my mansion in heaven will be windowless, full of books, one room. And that's how much of an introvert I am. But I say, God, do what you want to do with my life. Everyone, when you came in, you received a puzzle piece. Did you get one? Now, we're not going to take the next two hours and meticulously put this puzzle piece together, but we're in this message series Better Together. Can you all say it with me? Better Together. Okay, okay. Now, this is a very controversial statement. Some would say rebellious. It's almost rebellious in our culture to say better together. Because all the evidence seems to be contrary to this. And you got this puzzle piece in your hand, and I want you to take a look at it just now. Probably, if it's anything like the one that's in my hand, now this is all from the same picture. Probably you have no idea what this is truly a part of. And I think our entire life, you've all been told from K through 12 education that you're unique, you're unique. You have a purpose and a plan on God, from God in your life. And you're gonna do these amazing things and go overseas and you're gonna to preach to thousands. and You're gonna sing perfect pitch, whistle notes like Mariah Carey. And, and you're gonna run sound. You're gonna do all these amazing things. And we were told how unique we are. And what I wanna to submit to you this morning is that yes, Your design, your design inherently means that you are unique. But your meaning is found when you come together. And so there's this masterful picture, the bride of Christ that's trying to be portrayed on earth and and the people are looking at it and they can't quite see the image of Jesus and what we call church because so many of these pieces choose to stay home on a Sunday morning and so many of these pieces choose to get negative about the church and use their social media to call out every single thing that they think is wrong about the local church. Hello! Well? And so they're seeing these pieces missing and they're saying, I don't see Jesus when I look at the church. Take a look at your piece. What do you see? You see a piece of a picture, but you wouldn't see the whole thing until we came together and took the uniqueness of the design and put it together with the completeness of the unity. Can I get an amen? And many of you on Long Island have felt a loneliness. You felt a struggle. Many of you listening to the podcast have felt this. Maybe you don't fit in. Maybe you don't fit in. Well, if you look like this, you might struggle to fit in if you try to partner in the wrong position, in the wrong location of the picture. But then God brings you to these places that he's destined, these places like V1 Church that he's called something out of nothing. And he brings you together with this unlikely group of misfits that maybe don't have it all together, that maybe don't know the Bible and as well articulated and intelligent and theological as you are. But they love you with this love that you've never experienced on a bar stool, that you never experienced at the YMCA, your rotary club, or your bingo, bingo nights. He's like, man, he's taking my bingo. <laughs> and so when we look at first first Kings here chapter 2 you have David the giant killer I mean this is David who you colored in your coloring book pages when you were in Sunday school The, the the ruddy young Jewish guy who was on the posters of every single Israelite girl in their room he's now old his time has come and he's getting ready to die, and his son Solomon is stepping up. And this is what he says in chapter two. He's just charging him, Son, walk in the path that he shows you, follow the life map. He's giving him everything he can. Then you skip down to this, and it's so good. This is in chapter two, this is towards verse eight and nine. He says, You're wise, you know how to handle these things. Now, David looks at Solomon and says, Solomon, you're wise. Now, this is very important because this is the validation of a celebrity. See, the, David wasn't just anyone. David was the king of Israel, the beloved king, the one who had proven, I am a giant killer, I take territory, I'm the anointed one of God. If anyone's opinion mattered in Solomon's life, it would have been David's. You know, if you're sitting in your seat right now, let's just be real, very few of us are renowned and sought out globally for our opinion. We don't have any celebrity bloggers in the room, do we? Or anyone who gets asked by the weekly night news for your opinion. But what's happened for most of us is instead of being paid for our opinion, we have paid for our opinion. And in the wake of your opinion lies a million dead opportunities and you killed every single one to save your opinion. Did you know that the best marriages aren't built on opinions? They're built on sacrifice, mutual submission. Can I get an amen from Julie? <laughs> and you know what? I sat down at Refresh last night looking into Manhattan, that beautiful view. And we sat with this new couple we met for the very first time. And they said, in a time where one out of two marriages are not going to make it, it is so encouraging to be at a table full of married couples who are cheerleading you on. And i believe that one of the reasons why marriages don't make it today is because we guard our opinion more than we guard our unity and we bring that into the local church and we say i'm simply not going to give up my opinion and you sacrifice the unity and we miss the fullness of this picture of jesus represented in our midst and what i love about you guys in this house this morning as you're saying, you know what? For the first time in my life, maybe I don't have to be right. And the, for the first time in my life, maybe I don't have to be that Diego hot De- headed, Italian, Long Island guy who can never say I'm sorry. And we have seen breakthrough over and over again. And, and, and you have this moment in second Kings where David is validating his son and calling him wise, but this is the true wisdom of Solomon. I love this. Take a look at the next chapter basically, Solomon makes this incredibly large sacrifice. And in response to it, God comes to him in a dream and says, Solomon, you could have anything you want. And he says, this is what Solomon says. Now, just key in. Listen, listen with me. Just listen. He says, I'm kind of stupid. I'm kind of young. I'm kind of immature in my leadership. God, The thing that I want most in response to this massive sacrifice that I just made is I want wisdom to lead your people. And God was so moved by that response because it revealed the true character of his heart that God actually said, Solomon, you now will be the lid for all humanity. There will never be someone wiser than you on planet Earth ever. And so every other leader, John Maxwell, Simon Sinek, all the rest of them, their lid is Solomon. And so one thing that I want to get across to you this morning in this message is that how many of us would have had the validation of the Davids? How many of us would have had the validation of the celebrity rock star know-it-alls and said, yeah, I'm wise because they said I was wise. And yet Solomon understood that only true wisdom comes from God. And and it doesn't matter what man says about you, it's only if God steps in the picture and calls you wise that you're wise. And and, and, And the thing about many of you in this place right now that I feel like God's trying to communicate this morning is that you are not gonna advance to the next level in your life until you push your opinion aside and you say, God, I want your heart. God, I want what you have for me. I'm not going to no longer sacrifice the opportunity for my opinion. This is something I wrestled with a lot where I was looking at Luke chapter 6. You want to kind of go over there with me? Luke chapter 6, verse 6, it says this. It says, on another Sabbath, now this is Jesus, okay, let's fast forward. He went to the meeting place and taught. There was a man there that with a crippled right hand. The religion, scholars, and Pharisees had their eye on Jesus to see if he would heal the man, hoping to catch him in, uh, in a Sabbath infraction. He knew that what they were up to and spoke to the man with the crippled hand and said, get up and stand here before us. Some of you guys probably saw this post by John Bevere earlier in the week. You had these pharisaical religious people of the day. And what I love about them is they had made their job to watch Jesus and catch him in his mistakes. And there's some people in this place. Oh, no, pastor, I'm prophetic. I'm spirit filled. I see in the prophetic dimension. No, you're not. You're religious. And all you do is spend your time looking at the church and looking to see what's wrong. You're not participating in the life-giving force of resurrection power. You're functioning in a demonic force of criticism and negativity. And you've got a pharisaical eye and you're looking for a place to go in with your criticism and call everyone out on an infraction. Can I get a well? That's a hard word. But I've been around a lot of spiritual people who will not coach you through and build you up and do a Bible study. A lot of spiritual people who won't release you and give you an opportunity, but they'll give you a correction. And that's about to change here in New York. Can I get an amen? I said that's about to change here in New York if we can advance this movement that's happening out here with humility if we can advance this movement that's happening out here with sacrifice if we can advance this movement that's happening out here with submission to the local house and say i'm going all in this time all of a sudden the pieces would start moving into place and the world would say, oh no, I'm freaking out. And they'll say, what what do you mean? Why are you freaking out? Because I think I just saw Jesus in the midst. I was looking at this group. I was hanging out with this friend who's been going to this church called V1. And I think I actually, I don't know if I can, if I dare say this, but there might be a God. There was miracles happening in their midst. People were getting healed emotionally, physically. I, I think I'm starting to see Jesus on Long Island. This doesn't look like anything. I've seen before and the conversations will begin to change from criticism and negativity to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and my question to you is are you willing to change the conversation this morning (laughs) somebody got it I'm gonna ask it again over here are you willing to change the conversation this morning you're not getting paid professionally to criticize. That's not your job. Nobody deemed you that. And even when David put the authenticity of his word on Solomon and said, you're wise, Solomon was wise enough to not receive it until God called him wise. And, you know, there's a, say, there's a saying that Julie and I live on, and I want this to be the DNA of this church. We build relationships strong enough to bear the weight of Of change we build relationships strong enough to bear the weight of truth we say connection before correction is that all right is there anyone here you don't have to yell amen maybe somebody listening right now who's been corrected out of a relationship out of connection some of the greatest wounds that I deal with as a pastor on a weekly basis is somebody who called it love but it looked a little bit more like pride haughtiness, masked as God. And what I'm here to try to correct in this message better together, better together, is that if we truly are better together, it should look like we're better together. It should sound like we're better together. And and I think that what's happening in your midst is your hearts are being connected on a deeper level. Let me tell you a quick story. I went to this church. I got invited to this church in uh, Michigan. And as we were driving on the way to the church it was like i had one of those holy moments where god was dealing with me and you know when you're when you're an evangelist it's different than a pastor and you've really got to have your ears open for both of those scenarios but sometimes as an evangelist you don't get to do part two and part three and part four and so i'm headed to this place I'm like, god i got one shot i'm on a kamikaze mission for this church and i can't miss the mark what i had with me is this ball of yarn and, and, and I, I had this ball of yarn, and I, I showed up at this church, and it was supposed to be a youth, youth night because apparently at, at that point I was a youth speaker. And I had this ball of yarn, and it was supposed to be a youth night. Well, they did some bad marketing, and they accidentally announced it to the entire congregation to show up as a special night. So the stage has been set for a divine appointment. And I walk into this place. You guys remember this. There were some people who were there. And I don't know anyone at this church. I've never been there before. And I just got invited. I knew like one person who opened the door. And all of a sudden, I came up there, and I I started to read scriptures about unity. And I said, what we're going to do is I'm going to take this ball of yarn. I'm going to start it here. I just met this person. I'm going to talk about something that I noticed that I saw about them that I felt was like a a God-ordained good thing in their life, something that I I witnessed just in there. And I I complimented this first person. I threw the ball of yarn, and I held on to the part that I had in my hand. And then I said, what I want you to do is I want you to, we're going to use the sermon time, the message time to do this, because I just felt like it's time to take off the lid. I'm going to do something crazy. And all of a sudden, I said, I want you to, to, to say that to someone else in the room and then throw the ball yard. Man. And do you know that I threw it to this first guy and he looked in the room and he just started bawling and he couldn't stop crying, and he looked over at this other guy, and he said, when I first came to this church, you're the first person to say hi, and you just showed me a love like a, and he threw it, and then that ball, ball of yarn started going all over the church, and people were crying, and people were just getting free, and all. And, then, and then before you knew it, it looked like this interconnected web. It was like there were so many connections that from me, this guest speaker that knew only one person, all the way through the room, we saw that we were all connected by relationship in some way. Well, here's why I was a div- on divine appointment what I didn't know is that that church just went through a church split and what happened divinely by God that night is that everyone got invited for a different reason at the same time the people who had left the church and the people who are still there and the youth and here comes stupid Mike Signorelli with a ball of yarn and I said, "Here I am I, God. If you can use anything, use me." And in one night, that church, all confessed with their mouth, their love for each other, and God began to stitch like spiritual stitches, stitch that church back together, one person at a time until they realize we should have never split this church over our stupidity. And so what I'm here, yes, yeah, okay to clap. And the reason why I tell that story. Is because the most powerful message that I could have conveyed to those young people is that the adults were finally getting their crap together. And we're gonna love each other and unite this church and not make you pay for our opinion. Because there's always a price paid when you give your opinion. If it's the right one, people benefit tremendously. But if it's the wrong one, there's gonna be a lot of pain and a lot of suffering because you wanted to be right. It's the little foxes, the Bible says, that spoil the vine. I've been telling our lead team here every single week, I said, we're working on this thing better together, but but if you flip that, it kind of reveals the attack that we have to guard against. And, and people say, man, look at this vibrant new church. It continues to grow. V1 Church, there's so many special things happening. But fast forward, man, it looks decimated now and desolate. What happened? Maybe you were at a church before and you're like, man, it used to be so healthy. What happened? It wasn't any one thing, but it was these little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little conversations, man, did you see See the way he sweat when he was preaching that's nasty i ain't coming back there or you could be the person who's like pastor mike let me serve you can i towel you down and then just wash it and bring it back next week i love you you choose you choose you choose And so many of us are in the posture of a victim all the time we have been in this place where we feel like we don't even have a choice about our unity and guess what you choose you know we're gonna be Fox killers in this church I know New York's not big on hunting I got a few people who would go hunting with this hillbilly but if you're not a hunter in reality may I may I provoke you to be a Fox killer The kind of person who sees a conversation going in the wrong direction and say, I will never sacrifice this, this thing that we're called church over your opinion right now. I would never, ever, ever open the door and entertain this kind of conversation. And, And, you know. My daughter Bella and, I, Bella and I were making a pizza a couple nights ago. Julie was at a meetup and these meetups have been awesome. You guys have been going to meetups this last week, right? we were cool. If, you, if you're not signed up for one or if you are and you haven't got a chance to check it out, please do. Meetups are awesome. And, and so Julie was at a meetup and I said, you know what, Bella, let's make a pizza. And, and you know, I'm Italian, but that doesn't mean genetically you're born with a predisposition for pizza making. It's a learned thing, right? And as I was learning how to make pizza, I I threw it up in the air and there was flour going. All all the stuff mom wouldn't let us do, right? Even when I told the story after the mess was cleaned up, Julie was horrified hearing me tell the story. That's hashtag mom life. Like there's not even a trace it happened and she's like nervous. Listen to me tell stories about us spinning dough. And I'm throwing in the air, flowers going everywhere, and Bella's laughing, and then I accidentally dropped it on the floor, and she laughed even harder, and she dropped on the floor, and we're, we're laughing, and all of a sudden we just uh, put this, this cheese all on it, and I'm thinking, man, when my mom makes pizza, she never puts enough cheese, so Dad's gonna put more cheese. And do we have that picture? Do we end up I don't even know if you could see that. This is what the pizza ended up looking like. <laughs> No, I tried my best on this pizza, guys. Like, I gave it everything I had. You can take it down. It's disgusting. <laughs> the standard is much higher for pizza here than it is in Indiana. And we were making this pizza, and it came out. And you know, the, the, the miracle of that night, <laughs> the spiritual miracle, is that we ate that mug. And. And we ate the pizza, and Everly ate the pizza, and we all ate the pizza. And, and when it was over, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and he said, "This, this is this, write this down. This is for your message. Somebody needs to hear this. Because you know what? It wasn't about the pizza. It was about the love and the experience. And some of you have been missing the most precious moments of your life yelling at a 10-year-old, proverbially, proverbial proverbial 10-year-old for not making good pizza. And you've been to churches where you've been yelled at and you've been abused for not making professional pizza. Because at the end of the day, V1 Church is a whole bunch of people getting together trying to make a pizza called V1 Church. Is this the weirdest analogy you've ever heard? You're like, you were so spiritual five minutes ago. (laughs) But we are trying to do this thing called the local church and and we have the instruction in scripture and we're all, we're all trying to interpret it but the best we can well here's eugene peterson and here's king james and here's all these guys that are helping us understand this greek hebrew and aramaic and the historical context and we're doing our best to get the ingredient list right for this pizza but we are ruining relationships forever hear me because somebody didn't make the pizza right because somebody didn't roll the dough out like you thought they should Do you hear what I'm saying? Does somebody hear what I'm saying? Let's talk about your marriage. You don't know what it takes to be married. I'm the marriage counselor and I have arguments on my way to marriage counseling sometimes. Well, I'm trying to make a pizza called the Signorelli family. And I'm doing my best to follow the direction, but sometimes I screw it up. It's not about getting it right. It's about getting your heart right. It's about getting your heart right. It's about laughing through the process. Say, wasn't it funny when you forgot those lyrics during the worship song? Did you try your best? Did you write the lyrics down throughout the week? Did you do everything you could? Yeah, I did, Pastor Mike, but I just messed up. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? We're making a pizza. We're gonna have fun making this pizza. Don't you, know, you like it when your parents tell you in a mean voice, we're going to have fun. <laughs> we are making a church. And I don't care what you think about this church on the drive home. Because I'm going to love people and have fun. And if the dough falls on the floor, we're going to get on the floor and laugh laugh through the whole traumatic experience and wash it off and then do it again and do it again and do it again. And you'll show back up 20 years from now. We'll have the best pizza on the block. But we didn't have to sacrifice relationships to learn where there is a true father there can never be true failure where there is a true father there can never be true failure I was the dad of my house saying it's okay try to make that breadstick. it didn't end up looking like a bread stick but we ate it anyways And God's gonna heal your heart if you stick around for this journey at this church. God's gonna do something in this church. You know that there are levels of freedom that God reserves only for relationship with others. He does this tricky, mean, weird thing where he hides your freedom in somebody else, a living, breathing human being. And the only way you're gonna get that key to the padlock on your chains is to open up your mouth and start a relationship with them. And it is so mean it's so twisted for us introverts that we've got to find our freedom in someone else i can't even read a self-help book you're telling me you mean i have to have relationships with people to find certain levels of freedom god you are mean i don't even like people and my freedom's waiting inside of them yes because he's going to use me and all the things that annoy you about me to make you more like him. (laughs) Isn't that twisted? Now, here's here's what I want to tell you. When you go to the playground with your children, they see people, black, white, Asian, and they just run up to them and they're like, Tag, you're it. You're my new best friend. Let's be best friends. (laughs) And And that's how it is. But then we learn how to put up the walls. We learn how to coddle each other. We learn how to tell our best friends, it's okay that you don't like people. Let me lock the door and close the lights off and I'll just slide a meal underneath the the door. And we coddle people. It's okay that you're like this. And all the meanwhile, God's screaming, no, no, no. And so what God's doing in your life right now is inviting you, God, God's inviting you, come on in. Come on into this space where the thing that you fear the most becomes the very thing that God calls you to handle. When you go through, this is, this is crazy, but if you told me, Pastor Mike, I am deathly afraid of puppies, there would, there would come a time in your counseling session where we'd bring a fluffy, fluffy puppy looking thing, maybe a blanket. Then we would graduate you up a level and then another level. Then on your last day of counseling, we would bring in a real puppy. And as you hold that puppy for the first time, your brain would say, you're not dying. You're not dying. (laughs) And there's so many people that the very thing that they need the most is to go to church. That was a place that hurt me. That was a place that did me wrong. That's the place that used me for money. That's a place that used me for my gifts and talents. That's the place where I got chewed up and spit out. And when I was going through something, they didn't go through it with me. But when they needed me, I was the first person they called. Why would I have to go back to that place for my freedom? God says, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home because on your best day, you still needed the cross like they did. On your best day, you were still just as messed up as they were, and you were just hurting people in different and unique ways than they hurt you. And when you get a revelation, a profound understanding, how you also have done probably as much damage as the ones that you are not forgiving, your heart will open up to forgiveness like never before. Now, you're probably like, man, Pastor, this is a hard word. I need to go lay down. I need to recline my chair all the way back (laughs) because this was such a hard word. But I want to read you Isaiah 61, and I want to tell you what God's mission. Now, this was Jesus' mission on earth. Now, you probably feel like, man, this was, he was just throwing these bombs on me, and this guy was just telling me all these ways I need to change, all these ways I need to stop criticizing, the way that we could be better together if we surrender our own opinion. But guess what? The reason why I'm telling you this is because many of you have missed out on what God has for you because somebody had an opinion about you that wasn't right. Would you just stand to your feet with me right now? There are people in this room that you have been denied opportunity because somebody else had an opinion about you that wasn't right. There was somebody who went home on the drive and talked about you in a way that didn't bring life and opportunity, and open door to you. Matter of fact, you've had doors closed in your face. And my message to you is this, you have a strong defender. Do you hear me? Does somebody hear me here? You have a strong defender. Jesus, when he was here in flesh, read this out loud. He said, The Spirit of God, the Master is on me because God has anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of His grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help, v1 reach new york and beyond download the v1 church app for iphone and android and click give join us this sunday for our weekend celebration directions and info can be found on our website